that the words that I would speak, Father God, would be your words, Father. And that those words would be useful tonight for the church, God. Father, I pray that you um, just order the way this service goes, Father God. And let your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, um, welcome to Maundy Thursday. Um, I must confess that I didn't know what Monday Thursday was. So, uh, you know, I looked it up and um, tell you a little bit about it. It's for me just as much as it would be for anybody who doesn't know what it's about. Um, it is a Christian holy day falling on the Thursday before Easter, which is today. The word Monday comes from a Latin word called uh, manditum, which means mandate or command. It is on this Thursday before his crucifixion that Jesus gives his disciples a new mandate or new command that says to love one another. In John thirteen thirty four, this is what Jesus says. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Monday, Thursday focuses around two events uh, that Brooke alluded to and we heard in our readings. The Last Supper which is the scriptural basis for communion. And also Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. Um, tonight, what I want to focus on is Jesus washing the feet of his disciples. Now we're going to work through uh, the readings that we have, John, the 13th chapter, but we're going to go through the first and the fifth verse and into the 12th. All right. The highlight of these, these scriptures is John 13 and 12. And this is what Jesus asked. After washing the feet, he asked, do you understand what I have done for you? Do you understand what I have done for you? And while we're listening, I want us to have two trains of thought. One is, what has Jesus done for us? And what examples he set for us to follow? Let's get right to it. Um, in John 13, the first chapter, it says... It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew the time had come for him to leave this world. It was time for him to go to the Father. Jesus loved his disciples who were in the world. So he now loved them to the very end. Um, this is Jesus knowing that the cross is days away, hours away. And he knows my time here uh, walking on this earth right now is getting ready to end. And um, the Bible says that in that he loved his disciples to the very end. There was no turning back. He was going to show the full extent of his love for his disciples and for the world, giving his life. And in John 13 and 2, it says they were having a, a, an evening meal and the devil already tempted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot. And he urged Judas to hand Jesus over to his enemies. Now, devil, the devil had entered into Judas's heart to betray Jesus. But what I want to focus on in this scripture, it says they were having their evening meal. This is Jesus, his, his last time with his disciples. And for Jesus, this was important to him. There was an important message that he wanted to give to his disciples. In Luke 22, the, the 15th uh, verse, it says, And Jesus said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Why was Jesus so eager to have this meal with his disciples before he was to go to the cross? I want to read something to you. This is the disciples. This was their mindset. In Luke 22, 24 and 26, they started to argue. They disagreed on who was supposed to be the most important person. 
Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles hold power over their people. And those who order them around call themselves protectors. But you must not be like that. Instead, the most important among you should be like the youngest. The one who rules should be like the one who serves. The disciples were arguing about who's going to be the most important. Which one of us are going to be the leader among the twelve? They had not known that Judas, Judas was going to betray yet. So they were wondering, who, which one of us are going to be the leaders? Which one of us is going to be in power? The disciples were wanting to be served. And Jesus was letting them know that you are called to servanthood. They were talking about this. They were arguing right after communion, right after the last supper. Jesus had just broke the bread and gave it to him and said, this is my body. He had just poured the wine and said, this is my blood. And still they're talking about which one of us are going to be in power. Which one of us are going to be the most important. In Luke twenty two twenty nine, Jesus was trying to tell them, this is the reason why it was so important. He said, I am giving you the kingdom just as my father gave it to me. I am giving you the kingdom. Jesus was handing the kingdom of God. The kingdom his father gave him, he was handing it to these men. And they didn't understand that they were called to be servants. In John 13 and 3, it says, Jesus knew that the father had put everything under his power. He also knew that he had come from God and was returning to God. When it says everything was in Jesus's power, when we watch Jesus's ministry, he's healing people's bodies. The body was under his power. Demons being casted out and angels were serving him. The spiritual realm was under his power. He even controlled the weather. And even death itself was under the power of Jesus Christ. Jesus knew all power was given to me. And then it said he came from God and returned to God. He knew his place of authority, where he came from and where he was headed to. Now, Jesus is about to give us us a kingdom decree. He's about to give the disciples uh, an official order. For us, he put aside his power and authority to become a servant. And his example is that if you are going to be in the kingdom of God, you must become a servant. That is the official order tonight to everyone in this church. We must become servants if we are going to follow God. John 13 and 4. So he got up from the meal. He took off his outer clothes and he wrapped a towel around his waist. A beautiful verse. When it says he got up from the meal in that culture, when you sat at the table to have a meal, you reclined back on bed like seats. So it was a very comfortable spot. When Jesus rose up from the meal, what it's talking about is he rose up from his place of comfort to serve. Leaving his father in heaven and coming here to earth and taking on flesh with all of its limitations, becoming a helpless baby. He left his place of comfort in order to come and serve us. Our example is what comforts are we leaving to serve others? Is it just coming out of our homes? Is it serving people who don't look like us? Serving people who don't think like us? Our Savior is saying, do you understand what I have done for you? The example that I have shown you. When it says he took off his outer clothes, I love in the King James Version, it said he laid aside his garments. This is him laying aside his clothes, but it's really him laying aside his very life. 
He didn't think his life was so important that it was to get in the way of him serving. And he laid it aside. And he's saying to us, if you, if you want to follow me, I need your life. I need your life in service. And the Bible said he wrapped a towel around his waist. Jesus is putting himself in position to serve by putting this towel around his waist. Yes, he's getting ready to wash the disciples' feet. But the position that Jesus Christ was putting himself in was the cross. Jesus said, no man is taking my life from me. I am giving it. I am positioning myself on the cross for you. Where has God asked you to position yourself to serve? Where has God told you to put your towel on so it's time to serve? I'm a little partial to Big House, but when you're a part of Big House in the morning time, the kids don't come till 9. There's people here at 730 and they're putting tables up and they're preparing material for the class and they're cooking in the kitchen and they're, they're getting the music ready and they're setting up all the, the techie stuff and people are in the room going over their message. They're putting their towel on. They're getting ready for the kids to come so that they can serve. And that's not just a big house. Wednesday nights, we have people to drive far distances just to bring kids here and hear the gospel and be discipled. Putting their towel on. They're positioning themselves to serve. Where are you positioning yourself to serve? And maybe that's a conversation with you and God. But here's what I know it's not. God is not telling you there is no position for you to serve. Because if you will follow him, you are to serve. John 13 and 5, it says, after that, he poured the water out into a large bowl. Forgive me. Thank you, Lord. After that, he poured water into a large bowl. Then he began to wash the feet of his disciples. He dried them with the towel that was wrapped around his waist. Forgive me, church, I'm just overwhelmed. What God has done. He poured water into a large bowl. This is Christ pouring his blood out for us. Amen. Pouring his very life out to wash our sins away. Our example is where are you pouring yourself out in service for others? Where are you pouring your life out for somebody else? Our service, we should give it our best. It should cost us something. Because servanthood costs Jesus everything. Luke 9.23, the NLT says, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross daily and follow me. And follow me. Now, some people say the cross is this, the cross is that. But I know one thing. The cross is a place where Jesus Christ gave his best to serve. And the Lord would say, if you want to follow me, you must take up a servant's heart every day. Because you have no idea who is going to cross your path. Jesus says, a new command I give. Love as you have been loved. Love as you have been loved. We don't deserve salvation. 
Love as you have been loved. And he dried the feet with the towel that was around his waist. Imagine the dirt that was on that towel. Twelve disciples, 24 feet, that had been walking in the dust with dirty feet. And Jesus is going foot after foot after foot, wiping their feet. Imagine the dirt that was on his towel. That is the sin of the world being placed upon him. He's showing disciples, this is what I'm getting ready to do. I'm about to take the dirt and the sin of the whole world upon me. That's what was on his towel. This is what I would ask. Where are we dealing with people so closely that we have to deal with their mess? How close are we getting in service to people that we see the mess of their life? Not saying that we fix every problem, but we enter into those problems. When Jesus was washing their feet, this is what he was saying. When he was wiping it with the towel, he was showing them that. Get close. Love so hard. Sometimes we may have to enter into neighborhoods that aren't so nice. We may have to deal with people that are so, so successful, they don't see any need for God, and their pride is so big that it's sickening, but God loves them too. And dealing with young people who over and over and over make the same mistakes. God is saying, as I am taking on this dirt, where are you allowing yourself to get so close that you see people's mess and still loving them in it? Remember, he washed Judas's feet, the one that was about to betray him. Excuse me, Trey. When Jesus finished washing their feet, he put his clothes on. Then he returned back to his place. And he asked them, do you understand what I've done for you? When he finished washing their feet, this speaks to the finished work on the cross. When he finished washing our sins away. And it said, he put back on his clothes. He took back his life, resurrection. And he returned to his place at the table. This is talking about him returning to the right hand of the Father. And from that place... Jesus yells to us, do you understand what I have done for you? Do you understand what I have done for you? I have set an example for you. Yes, I have washed your sins. Yes, I have given my life. But an example you are to go and love the way that you have been loved. Our community needs us. They need our best. I don't know what your best is. One other thing, Matthew 25, 34 through 40. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you before the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, 
the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Why do we serve? Because as we serve, we serve our Lord and Savior who's given his life for us. That's why we serve. The affection of my service is Jesus Christ and what he's done for me. I don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. If you are wondering what does Christian service look like, go back to that scripture we just talked about and read all through that. Serving others is serving the Lord. Refusing to serve others is refusing to serve the Lord. A new command I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for what you've done for everyone in this room, Father God. Lord, we need you. We need you to give us that heart. We need you to burn inside of us for each other, our brothers and sisters, that we would serve each other and that we would serve those who don't know you. Just as you gave us the example of serving the disciples and Judas and the whole world. Father, I pray that this church would be a church that loves serving. At this time in Holy Week, we are to remember you. And we remember you with services. We remember you with worship. But a great way to remember you is to serve every day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.